0: Welcome to Care Team Conversation Podcast, sponsored by Kerbel Medical, featuring clinical leader and fall prevention and patient safety awareness expert, Dr. Patricia Quigley. This episode, Dr. Quigley speaks with guest Dr. Christy Campbell, a nurse scientist, an educator, and a resolute med surge nursing advocate. Dr. Campo is also the U.S. Director of Clinical and Client Services for Tillicare. Colleagues, we are so
1: delighted that you have joined us today for this podcast that is sponsored by Kerbell Medical. And I'm Dr. Pat Quigley, and I'm delighted to host this session today with Dr. Christy Campo, an extraordinary nurse that you'll get to learn about during this time that we get to delve into her experience and leadership and research that she has done. And you know, guests, as you listen, I know a bit about Dr. Christy Campo. And Christy, I hope it'll be okay if I call you Christy.
2: Please do. Thank you.
1: Yes. And please call me Pat I know you're an extraordinary nurse scientist, quality and safety expert, a leader, researcher, educator, clinical director, a resolute med search nurse advocate. But I'd love for you to share, Christy, with our audience about your journey to become a clinical expert and technology innovator for incontinence manager and women and anything else you'd like to share on your journey to introduce yourself to our audience today.
2: Well, thank you so much, Pat and Perbel, for the invitation to uh, participate today. I'm really um, very grateful. I also appreciate that warm introduction. Um, you know, my nursing and clinical journey at this point spans um, more than 25 years, and there's hopefully another 25 to go. Um, when I look back, I really feel like my own internal drive to be a lifelong learner and a problem solver are central to my journey to where I've been and where I'm going. Um, My journey has always been focused on my patients, on patient safety, and on achieving quality outcomes. When you think about your career, um, you always go back as a nurse to being a clinician. But as a consultant, I also have the opportunity to combine that clinical experience and look at sometimes problems that are either overlooked or misunderstood. And I think what I really enjoy is being able to understand um, nurses' interactions with medical devices. I've been evolving in that topic and that area of expertise that's both clinical and technology-driven for quite a while. And as I study and learn about nurses' interactions um, with complex medical devices and simple medical devices, it's really led me to where I am today. It's that intersection of clinical expertise and technology innovation that help us solve today's problems. And incontinence is certainly one of those problems. And that's where I'm focused on right now, incontinence management in women.
1: Well, you know, I just love your um, sharing your a little bit about your journey, Christy, because, you know, um, I my world is falling for injury prevention, as I know you, you know, and I've always said yes. that that's an orphan issue that we just we're not giving up on. And I know you feel the same way about incontinence. And, mm-hmm. you know, Christy, I feel the same way about what you said about being a lifelong learner that's who I am as well. And I always um, resolute back to one of my favorite quotes from Florence Nightingale, let us never be consider ourselves finished nurses. And I think we share that that same
2: spirit, don't we? (laughs) I agree that we do. We do. And she was a problem solver. You know, I think we can always go back to that as nurses and as people who respect Florence.
1: Absolutely. She just lives and breathes in us. I feel I've always embraced with her. And when I get to meet extraordinary nurses, as you are, I feel that same embrace. So, Christy, your experience has led you into many prominent roles. Tell us about being the U.S. Director of Clinical and Client Services of Care LTD.
2: Well, thank you. Sure. So, Tillicare's mission is to bring to market cutting-edge and innovative urine collection devices. So, it's a real um, connection between my desire to connect clinical expertise with medical device and medical device patient safety. Um, my role as um, in, in clinical implementation means that I'm developing strong, evidence-based, Um, education, and training resources to change practice, to help facilitate facilitate policy changes, and to improve patient outcomes as they relate to incontinence. I also have a great opportunity of promoting clinical study, quality improvement projects from within and externally, and I do that all as it relates to the UROCAP female. Can I share a little bit about that?
1: Please do, because, you know, Christy, we know so, so um, clearly that there's been devices for men for years, but this has been slow in coming for
2: women. I couldn't agree with you more. And I've really, um, I've stopped everything in my life because I believe so deeply in what we have here. And, you know, we mentioned a few minutes ago about incontinence, and it's certainly a pervasive problem in men and women. And as you mentioned, in men, there are some devices, but for women, it's been, overlooked and not completely understood. Um, So as we look at the rates and prevalence, they're very high, 26 up to 76% of women have urinary incontinence and the costs are staggering. Um, My role here is to help facilities implement safe, appropriate use of this very innovative medical device. It's an external female urine collection device It's used in incontinent females who are partially immobile or immobile. Um, What's really innovative about it is its design and its mechanism of action. There's truly no other medical device on the market for female incontinence. And the most common question I have to answer is how does it work? I'm Um, sure. (laughs) It is. And that's the true innovation, the design and its mechanism of action. So the design is that it's a very soft, medical grade um, silicone that's placed in a very intimate area externally on the periurethral area. And it's that soft pliable design, once you see what it looks like, that's so unique. It doesn't fall off, it stays in place, and it safely and accurately collects urine for output monitoring and for specimen collection in incontinent females. The mechanism of action is also another innovative aspect to it. The mechanism of action, it's placed in that very intimate um, external periurethral area. Naturally occurring adhesion occurs when that uricap is um, in place, the labia close around it and then after a short period of time, adhesion improves, it's naturally occurring and with an incontinent event, adhesion increases. So what's a, a relatively weak force strengthens over a short amount of time. The ear cap is then replaced once every 24 hours. It's connected to a, a tube and a bag standard um, and then just changed every 24 hours. It is incredibly innovative.
1: I'm sure because there are so many complications now with the current products that women have at their access. You know, wearing incontinent briefs, wearing incontinent pads, then they end up with urinary tract infections, skin care problems, irritation. There's so many complications. But that's been the only resource mm-hmm. that nurse that women have had to use until till your design. So how how is it going along with adoption? Is it adoption mostly in hospitals that you're
2: working with? So originally our work began in long-term care and geriatric hospitals Mm -hmm. um, outside the United States. And their great success, our clinical results showed the device worked using that natural adhesion, working with gravity, no wall suction is necessary. And we actually are finding that we're enabling um, mobility in clients who may have been running to the bathroom and then holding, holding, holding or even not drinking sufficiently and ended up with dehydration, enabling mobility because they're not tied to a traditional catheter. It provides an incredibly, regardless of the setting, acute care, long-term care, home, the placement of the device creates a protective barrier around the urinary meatus so that then uh, fecal contaminants or even hand contamination are you know, we're protecting the urinary meatus ultimately through the placement of the device. And that's a really good thing considering what our comparable or alternate solutions are for the incontinent female.
1: And I imagine, Christy, you know, I've done so much work on, this is so different, implementing floor mats at the bedside. And I know how, Mm -hmm. what kind of work I've done with floor mats and trying to get nurses to use floor mats, having to actually go in and work with them. I imagine you do the same thing with nurses in the hospital as you go and help them really learn how to use this technology. Isn't that part of what you do as a consultant?
2: It is. So, um, regardless of the device that I work with in terms of consultation, it's always about, you know, what is the problem? And even though a facility, and organization, or unit believes they have this problem, oftentimes as a consultant, you can find there's another root cause to that problem. So, you're solving that, but you're also helping them to overcome issues with adoption of innovation. And that again goes back to the evidence, understanding the environment, and helping nurses to see that we have other solutions. We have to change practice. And as nurses, we have to change all the time.
1: Well, I so value the work that you're doing, and I'm so glad that we're able to introduce and share this work that you're doing, this new technology through this podcast, Clinical Care Conversations. So to all of our listeners, I want you to know there will be some information about this product um, that Kerbell Medical will, will place in the podcast information. So you will have access to that, and maybe you can help Dr. Campo with dissemination and helping to let people know that this is a, an option for, for women that, that need to have this product and have incontinence so that they can move away from some of the traditional traditional methods that are really um, creating problems for women. So thank yeah, well, you.
2: Thank you. One thing we didn't mention I thought that, that might be important also is really sustainability. Um, one of the things that's so exciting about this particular medical device, is that it has an earth-friendly nature to it. If we think about the incontinence pads that so many women are using, um, they're bulky, they're not necessarily earth-friendly, and the medical-grade silicone and the actual size um, is a much more um, higher level option um, when you compare that sustainability concern.
1: Oh, I'm so glad that you shared that with everyone. That is so important. Thank you so much, Christy. So, you know, it's just, it's just so important for women in our country and globally to know about this. So I'm so glad we were able to share that. But i also like for you to share, Christy, with our audience, because I so value all that you have done for over 20 years that you have had a special interest in helping startup and new business lines. I mean, that is so exciting. I can only imagine your world would you tell our audience about what generated this interest and how you have inspired new startup and business lines?
2: Well, thanks for that question. And, and you know, working with a startup is certainly a startup or even a small company has strengths and areas where you have to draw on every fiber of your being as a nurse. And honestly, I've been quite blessed with every one of these opportunities, whether it's in my employ or as a consultant. Um, Working with the startups and new business line calls on you, again, to be a lifelong learner, to learn someone else's business and transfer your knowledge and skills into their area. It causes you to really evaluate how you problem solve and also draws on your own curiosity. Um, And again, these are three things that I've really relied on throughout my career. I think one of my own strengths, and I think this is true for, for most nurses, is your ability to critically analyze a situation and a problem and go out and identify what resources can help you solve that problem, whether it's a, a finite problem or a, a, a micro problem or more of a system macro wide problem. In my own development as a clinical expert, I've been able to support my own hospitals. I was at the bedside and you know, I've been bedside my entire career since the late eighties.
0: <laughs> I've <laughs> so got I, you
2: beat. <laughs> I understand, but it's just, You know, there's been so much change and that (laughs) clinical expertise changes with time constantly. We all do that, but using, you know, lifelong learning, problem solving, curiosity to solve problems with your expertise and technology, that's really where um, the excitement is and how you change um, not only your own practice, but help others improve when they know that there's a problem. Um, one of my first, um, if you don't mind that, I share more. Um, one of oh, my please. first um, opportunities, I was probably only three years into my um, clinical experience in our facility was having a problem with heparin based protocols. And it, you know it was this is how we've always done it, this is what we're going to do. I said, well, you know, I worked at this hospital and nursing school. Um, I went to University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston, and that facility there um, had an evidence-based protocol. Let me look into it. And you know, ultimately we built for the unit, the PCU, the ICU that I was in at that time, uh, a protocol that was adopted not only at the facility, but across this system. And you know, who knows where that is today? That's over 20 years ago. But it's that example of what's your experience, bring it forward, make sure it's up to the level of current evidence. And then ultimately can we integrate technology? And in that instance, you know, integrating pumps where it wasn't always used in this facility. Um and examples go on and on like that. I used a. I um I worked with a, a small medical device company, a software company that was implementing a nurse staffing solution early, early 90s. Um, it was really exciting. I'd never done this before, but they said, well, if you've done that, you can do this. Do this. <laughs> and I think own it. Okay, I'll do it. Transfer what I know and move it into the next opportunity. And it makes life really fun and creative.
1: And wasn't that a vote of confidence in you? Oh my goodness. Well I'm grateful
2: for those. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is so exciting because when you get to help with these startup companies you get to stay on the leading edge of innovation. I think it's just so exciting. But it's also very interesting too is that, you know I really resonated to one of your earlier articles about medical de- device usability analysis. Back in 2013, an article that you have published, and I know that this is part of your commitment like mine in integrating technology at the point of care. And I bet you appreciate, as I do, that organizations are really slow to adopt medical devices, but they often fail to implement strategies to fully integrate them into their practice over the long haul. What advice do you have for organizations to integrate new medical devices and enculturate value-added devices into nursing workflow and patient care? please share because this is such an opportunity.
2: It is and I appreciate that you know I do have a couple of two major key points I want to share but I want to make sure that people recognize that you know slow to adopt is in my experience it's really really very rarely related to the desire to change, or um, it's not related to the the failure to recognize that there is a solution, or there is a problem. We know these things. It's all about resources. Do we have the time? Do we as an organization or unit have the money, the human Uh, capability, the staffing, the knowledge, the skills. And that's where people like me get to step in, you know, whether it's a finite problem or a large problem, help to identify options, solution, and understand the impact um, that they can have with change. So helping to mobilize that time, money, strategies, and options. In terms of advice for nurses and leaders, I don't know if this is going to come over well, but I really believe truly in it. Nurses and leaders need to learn understand and apply human factors when they're exploring and implementing medical devices and technology. Human factors is that science where we use research to understand human performance, technology, design, and our interactions. And if we don't understand those components, how can we successfully adopt, um, explore, adopt, and implement? So again, learning, understanding, and applying human factors is really, really important. That's my first piece of advice. The second would be critically to consistently and routinely include nurses in the exploration of need for a medical device, the selection and testing of a device, and the implementation and ongoing use of a device. If you exclude nurses, I think you're setting yourself up for not the highest level of success.
1: Absolutely, I think they set themselves up for failure. Mm -hmm. I truly do. do. And I so believe, I so uh, appreciate the focus on human factors, and including nurses. And I truly uh, um, embrace plan change theory. You know, I love doing those small tests of change, those PDSA cycles and working out barriers to implementation and so that we can only have facilitators. And in that regard, we can really move forward with change. Because nurse, everybody drifts back to what they've always been doing, haven't they?
2: They do. They do. And, you know, some of that certainly goes back to our education. If I look back to earning my associate or bachelor's degree, human factors was not involved there. Change science, leadership, those were not highly focused, not even mentioned or highly focused. And now, even at every level, associate and beyond, we include these strategies, the concepts and the strategies. Um, so that familiarity can help you build over time and help to improve outcomes. And that's the goal.
1: Absolutely. You know, I was on a call this morning with an organization and I won't say the product, but I will say that the nurses had a, at the point of care had a product that they knew wasn't working. It was just too much work to get it in place and put it at the patient's bedside, for example. And there is a solution. And, you know, the organization, they still just went, well, just let me try one. And I was like, well, let's just stop this, you know, stop the madness. If there's something not working, the nurses know it's not. And there's a solution. Let's go forward. (laughs) You know, it's 2022, right?
2: (laughs) Had to think about that for a second, but it is 2022. (laughs)
1: You know, you're such an advocate for med- medical surgical nurses. I so appreciate that about you, Dr. Campo. And so in that regard, as a leader and a true advocate for medical surgical nursing, I so value your your passion for medical surgical and nursing. That's how I feel about rehabilitation nursing. You. And your commitment to support and advance their practice. There are so many barriers to innovation and we want to replace those barriers and facilitators, as I was mentioning, to change practice in med-surg. Would you please share with our audience just two or three key strategies to support medical surgical nurses as they go forward with change patient safety and changing workflow supporting
2: their practice? Absolutely, thanks for that question. So I really have to say that I felt early in my career unrecognized because I was quote unquote, just a med surge nurse. And I have to say, I'm truly grateful for the mentorship uh, that I received that helped me to see the value of what I have to contribute as a med surge nurse to the overall um, healthcare system. Uh, the Academy of Med Surge Nurses has done a fabulous job of propping up both the belief and the systems to promote med surge nursing. As a med surge nurse and a leader, um, I think one of the I've got a couple of tidbits, but Please. the bar- barriers to innovation truly begin within. You have to know and believe in yourself to move forward and advance practice. Um, You have to be able to help others. I think part of my own success and advancement in my career has really been that I was told, accept mentoring and pay it forward. Um, Then to collaborate with intention. I've seen so many people who are headstrong for the sake of being headstrong To say, this is how we've always done it. This is how it needs to be done. and It doesn't have to be that way. If you can collaborate with an intention, you can change your patients, you can change your practice, and you can change the outcomes that we're all involved in. And then always look forward to the outcome and solve the problem working backward using evidence. These four things, I think, can really change us as nurses and the system we work in.
1: I am so glad that you shared that. And I also know, Christy, is that there's sometimes in the work that we're doing in the world of innovation is that we're the ones creating the evidence because there isn't evidence out there. It's emerging evidence. But I always help nurses to rely on is that they are experts. You know, As experts, as you are in medical surgical nursing, expertise is a level of evidence. It may not be a randomized controlled trial, quasi-experimental study, but Clinical expertise is evidence because you're not going to find evidence to support every clinical decision that's made. So I think, too, as I do for rehabilitation nurses, I know you do for medical surgical nurses, is to rely on their expertise. They know practices that are creating more benefit than harm. They know practices that are working. And wouldn't you agree with that?
2: I would I, I completely agree with that, and I think in part that goes back to education and mentorship where we really promote that your um, unique expertise and your unique opportunity to to view and envision change are critical to the ongoing success of our systems, so um, we each have something great to contribute and we just have to acknowledge that and take the steps.
1: Well, this has just been such a pleasure to be able to have those clinical care conversations with Dr. Christy Campo as the whole audience that's listening to you, wherever they are around the world in the United States, are, are learning about your journey and your career, but also your commitment to integrate innovative technology at the point of care for women, for women who have incontinence, but your true advocacy for medical surgical nursing. I am sure that the world of medical surgical nursing and the specialty organization that you're involved with is better because of you, because of your active involvement and your leadership. So we just so applaud you. I am applauding you right now.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. That's very kind.
1: Yeah. And to share that I know that you're also from Florida, as I am, and that the audience should know that. Not only do you have this extraordinary career, but you also love to hike and you kayak and you're a reading enthusiast. So I want them to know a little bit about you personally, (laughs) because through this podcast, Christy, we are introducing you to so many people that have yet to be able to know about you. Is there anything you'd like to share in closing?
2: Well, thank you so much, you know, we are certainly both blessed to be here in Florida and enjoy the natural beauty springs for swimming and kayaking. Great reading weather outside, but you know I think more than anything I just I hope that we can all move forward. um, in these very difficult times to, to lift each other up, and that nurses can be treated with the respect that they deserve through their long years of work and training from the day they enter the floor for the very first time, for their very first nursing experience as a, as a student, um, throughout our careers. Um, if we could all just lift each other up, that's really what we all need.
1: Well, thank you, Christy. You certainly are an exemplar. And I know that as nurses and truly young nurses, those even mid-range in their career, that they are gonna be ex- inspired by your journey and your success. So congratulations. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And I so look forward to everyone getting to learn about you and and visit with you. And I know that people will be reaching out to you, Christy. Thank you. And thank you all so much. And I'm so delighted you've been able to hear from Dr. Christy Campo directly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Care Team Conversation Podcast, sponsored by Kerbel Medical. A special thanks to our guest, Dr. Christy Campo. We greatly appreciated you sharing your various experiences as a bedside nurse an educator and nurse scientist. Thanks to our wonderful host and patient safety expert, Dr. Patricia Quigley. For more information about TilaCare and Uricap, please see the links in the show notes. For more information about Kerbel Medical and our innovative products, please visit KerrbellMedical.com. You will be able to find this and future podcasts on the Kerbel Medical website or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.